Welcome to episode one of the Pursuit of Spirit podcast. I am beyond excited to start this new adventure with you all, and I really wanted to start a new series of content that was much more chill and relaxed because most of you know I make content on Instagram and TikTok, and the pacing is very fast. And I feel like I'm missing out on sort of those like slow dialogues, you know, chill sort of talkative moments. So that's kind of what this podcast is for. It's just for us to be able to dive into all the things we love about spirituality, awakening, healing, personal development, life purpose, all that good stuff, um, and do it in a much more relaxed and uh, explorative way. So I don't want to be teaching as much in this, but I will share my thoughts and insights. I have some questions here from some of you. Um, so so that's going to be the name of the game. Also, this is the first episode, so I would wait until like episode 8 or 10 before you decide if you want to keep listening, because I can almost guarantee you those will be a lot more better than this one. But hey, the first ones can be good too, so we'll give it a shot. I thought it would be fun if we lit this incense. And I actually needed to tell you all a story about these Bob Marley incense, which I have right here. So they used to sell these at Hastings. And for those of you who are listening, it's just this thin cardboard case. It says Bob Marley on it. It has a photo of him. And it says One Love. They have some other different packs, but they used to sell these at Hastings before Hastings went out of business. I don't know if you guys remember Hastings like 10 years ago, and I could never find these incense anywhere else. And the other day I was in the mall and one of the stores actually had these incense and I was shocked. Ooh. I was shocked because they smell amazing. Like they literally are the best smelling incense I've ever smelled and they're just some like Bob Marley ones so if you can find these go find them they're amazing but anyways maybe we'll start off with a, a question I had a few of you guys ask me questions and if you're watching right now or listening right now if you want your question uh, featured in the next episode please Post a comment down below if you're on YouTube, or you can send me a message on Instagram at Pursuit of Spirit. Um, but the questions I have today are really, really great. So let's just jump into let's just jump into the first one. The first one's from Caitlin, and she just asks, "What are your thoughts on shadow work?" Pretty basic question. Thank you, Caitlin, um, for your question. Also. For those of you that do want to ask a question, I will keep you anonymous. I'm not going to like say your full name. I may say your first name, um, but even then, you know, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I'm not going to reveal any crazy secrets about you. Um, although I don't know why you'd want to send me those anyway. <laughs> but uh, so my thoughts on shadow work, man. I mean, what is spirituality other than just becoming more awake to all of the shadows of your life, right? Because 
I feel like we have this very narrow idea of what shadow work is. We have this very narrow idea of what pertains as a shadow. And in my thoughts, everything is shadow that you're not awake to, right? That's why it's shadow, right? Because it's you, it's your shadow, but you don't realize it's you. You're not awake to it. So it can literally be anything. Your shadow can literally be anything about life or yourself you're not awake to. And of course, that's all one thing. So if you struggle financially, one of your shadows is probably money. Now, that may seem weird putting it that way because you, you may be thinking, well, Vic, isn't shadows like like traumas and stuff? Um, it is. It 100% is, but it's not limited to just the basic sort of self-help, personal development stuff that we think of. Um, it definitely, It definitely includes everything that you are not only not awake to, but that you are afraid of. So you may know something exists, but you're still afraid of it. It's still your shadow. Like, you can know that you have social anxiety, and you can actually go out into a social situation and... Um, you know, face and like acknowledge that anxiety, but there still may be a shadow aspect, a shadow running that you're not awake to, even though you know it has to do with the anxiety, right? So there's various degrees and depths of uh, of shadows, but it's it's not even just shadows because our minds see our minds want to like be like, okay, this is shadows, okay, this is this, this is this. It wants to label and categorize everything. But what you find in your direct experience is that shadow is just a general term for any aspect of, of consciousness you're not awake to. And at least that's that's my perspective. Many different teachers will give you different um, or, or different speakers, whatever they, you know, whatever they are, gurus or, or whatever, they're going to give you different answers. Um, and they're also going to define words differently. So that's a lot of what's tricky in spirituality is that different teachers use the same words differently. So I'm sure a different teacher will use the word shadow way differently than me. I'm using it in a very general sense, but I do that because I try to stay away from the specifics because if you get too tied up in the specifics in spirituality, you're going to get stuck. Because only the mind knows specifics, right? Only our minds know how to label and categorize and put things into a box. So doing that is not necessary for for understanding or for growth. So uh, yeah, to, to answer your question, Caitlin, I would say that probably everything you're not awake to is your shadow and the only way to make something, you know, to d- dissolve your shadow or to, let's say, let's say, illuminate your shadow more um, is, is to just become conscious of something you weren't conscious of. Whether that's a money problem you have, whether that's some deep rooted trauma from like abuse you had as a kid, you know, whatever, 
whatever that is, it's your shadow. And when you awaken to it, it's it's not really your shadow anymore. Although there could be more, you know, more to it, right? There could be more to your financial problems than the fact that you just don't have money. Um, but but yeah, I would say that's what a what a shadow work is really all about. It's just spirituality, because healing is spiritual growth. It, it, it's like it's all the same thing. I really wanna show that perspective to anyone listening or watching that not only is it really all like the same thing, but no one's going to tell you what something is over something else. And I know that's really kind of hypocritical because I'm answering questions, but it's not that asking questions is bad and getting tips and advice like this like this right now that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that it's all within you right like you know when and when you don't know something like you know that you know when something's actually true for you right even if everyone else is telling you no 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 that's not it that's not you know whatever it is whether it's a spiritual thing whether it's a a diet thing um, you know, you, so when it comes to, um, you know, like spirituality and healing and trauma, people will try to tell you, oh, that's not da da da. That's this. Oh, that's not healing. That's this, you know, that's not this, that's this. And, it, and you can just get so confused. Cause you're like, well, what's shadow work? What's meditation? What's this? What's this? And then I feel like the the more mature perspective is is you can integrate all of those and you see the common theme. You see that oh yeah, when I'm doing spiritual work, I'm healing, which is basically doing trauma work, which is basically basically doing shadow work. So I see how doing shadow work is basically spirituality, right? You start to make those those connections. Um and when you do that, that's when life really gets interesting and fun because you start to see all the different cultures that were basically talking about God in just their own way through their own lens. And then every spiritual practice and technique and tradition that trickled down from that is all basically sourced from the same thing. So to me, that's what's so amazing about it is that now we have yoga, we have, you know, therapeutic medicine we have uh uh you know like sound baths and and different types of healing and and chakras and tarot and all this stuff and it all came from one understanding which in rupert spira's words are that we share our being with everyone and everything and that the nature of our being is peace and love and when you see that every single thing basically sourced from that one understanding, then you start to see like, oh, I get it now. Like, of course, trauma work and shadow work is spirituality. There never was a difference, right? That's what it was the whole time. <laughs> That's amazing. So I think if you can start to see that, um, to answer your original question, um, that would be great.
And, uh, and for the rest of you listening, I think that, uh, you guys would really benefit from seeing the world that way where, you know, and I've fallen into this trap of like, screw tarot, screw astrology, you know, it's all dumb. All the answers are inside you. And I, I totally, um, think there is some sense in that. Like I get why I said that, but now looking back, I just cringe. Cause I'm like, it doesn't matter. Because even though I don't agree with it, it still came from this understanding that I'm trying to teach. It's just being taught in in a slightly modified, slightly different way. So watch out for that trap, y'all. Y'all. <laughs> yes, I'm from Idaho. <laughs> My girlfriend's also from Texas, which is funny. They got me saying y'all. Y'all. Um, but for y'all <laughs> to uh, to remember and understand... I think it's huge to remember and understand that any form of spirituality, even really ego co-opted stuff like Islam, where I'm pretty sure in the Quran they talk about stoning gays. And I think the Bible has some of that in there too. I, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Um, but like even with stuff like that, even with the Quran saying to stone gays, you can look past it, you can look through it, and you can see, oh, there actually is some truth in this, in, in like, in this book, what they're talking about. Like, they're actually talking about God. Yeah, they have some really naive and childish ideas about killing other people, but, like, if I can look past that, I can actually see how this is more similar to Christianity, to Buddhism, to Hinduism than I thought, Right? So that's something I really think that if everyone had would 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 change the world. You know, if we stopped fighting just religiously, not even not even militarily, like with like bombs and like fighter jets, as cool as those are, right? Just religiously fighting about beliefs and who's right and who's wrong and criticizing other teachers about aspects of awakening that you know, they haven't awoken to, but you have awoken to, and you're not realizing that they've awoken to things you haven't awoken to because there's different aspects of God, like stuff like this, it's completely pointless. And and when you see the connections between everything, and I mean everything, between shadow work and Islam, between Christianity and yoga, between meditation and you know, hardcore religious fundamentalists that go to Sunday church every day. If you could find the connection between all of those things, I think it would blow your mind. And I think the world would change drastically. I think we would we would realize just how good we are at deceiving each other into thinking we're actually separate and different from each other. It's like we're afraid to look, right? It's like we're afraid to look and actually admit that the man holding the Quran who deeply believes in Islam is so much closer to me and how I think and how I live than I would have ever imagined, right? And and seeing that, seeing that opens the doorways, seeing that is, is deeply profound. So, 
Um, great question to start the episode from Caitlin. My thoughts on shadow work. Um, I hope this led to a deeper understanding for all of us where we're like, okay, let's take shadow work and expand it. And I think we did that. So great, great question. Absolutely loved it. And I can tell you guys right now, this incense, oh boy. <laughs> you just wish you were here to smell it. <laughs> I promise you, it, it, it's it's amazing. You guys got to pick up some of this Bob Marley incense. And no, I, I'm not affiliated with them at all, which is funny. This is the first episode. <laughs> um, but no, just just pure amazing incense. That That's why I'm sharing it. I'm not definitely not getting paid. So next question. This one's from Yaz on Instagram. How to have an open heart when you're on your healing journey while getting triggered? Oh my goodness, that is such a great question. Yaz from Instagram, thank you so much for that question. Wow. How to keep an open heart while getting triggered on your journey. Well, here's the trick that I've found works best for me. It's not that you'll never get triggered, right? Like you're going to get triggered. <laughs> like you, the rest of your life you will. Now, hopefully the, there's a gradual decrease and a gradual slope that you stop feeling triggered, right? Because of the work you're doing you're growing spiritually and and whatnot, but you will get triggered. So my best advice is to first acknowledge, okay, I'm going to act like I'm going to get triggered. I'm healing. People are going to say stuff. Stuff's going to come up. I'm going to be put in situations I've been afraid of my whole life. My only job and this is for you, Yaz, and anyone else in this situation who feels so triggered their heart is just closed, is not to not get triggered, and it's not to not have your heart close. So that's not your job. Your, your job isn't to prevent that. That's all the mind. That's all the ego thinking like, oh, I can stop the triggers. I can stop my heart from being closed. Um, why? Because the ego is always on the lookout for danger. So it's in this preventative mode, right? Of like, oh, I can stop it. I I, I can stop it if I just like get out in front of it, right? Um, but that'll only make things worse. So my advice is definitely to just acknowledge that, to recognize that. And then... So two steps here. First step, acknowledge you're going to be triggered. Second step, love everything that comes up. And this is something I feel like we don't realize as often is that love, true love that we are all connected to, it, it can't be contained. It's literally unconditional. It's literally infinite. Why? Because it's an inherent aspect of your awareness or your consciousness, which everything appears in. So by law, you can be triggered more than you've ever been triggered in your life. 
your heart can be closed more than it's been closed in its life, right? But you can still, because those two things are appearing and happening in your conscious awareness, you can still accept and be open to having a closed heart. Does that make sense? So so it's just another level up. It, it, we're, we're taking your triggers and your problems and instead of just giving you advice like okay this is how you work through triggered this is what i'm telling you you're going to get triggered you're going to be anxious you're going to be afraid don't try to stop that or like reduce that effect on you too much my advice feel the pain feel how terrified your inner child is in certain situations like really feel into it don't try to like work through it or get away from it. It's really interesting when you take this approach. You just like, you actually like, you're just so curious, right? And you want to learn and understand so much that you're actually willing to like, let the fear totally come up. You're willing to be like, totally triggered just to really just get the real you know, juice of what that trigger is, right? Because if you're always fighting it, you're always denying it, you're always trying to get away from it. I mean, what are you doing? Is that spiritual work? No, I mean, to me, you're just running from it, right? You think you're dealing with it because you you like are practicing some technique. And I understand if it gets so overwhelming, you literally can't like, you know, you can't operate. Um, But I like sort of doing that switch reversal, that counterintuitive move that your mind doesn't expect, which is to totally let it come up, to not fight it, step one, but more importantly, step two, to actually allow it, to actually accept it, to actually love it, right? Like that is like a whole nother level, right? And that is the only way these triggers and these things can be healed is because they 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 come up on their own and they they dissolve into the light of awareness but they can't dissolve into the light of awareness if there's no awareness right if you're still sort of if it's still a shadow thing right if your trigger is still being ignored or if your trigger is still being avoided So this actually ties really, really, really greatly in with the first question um, from Caitlin, which is that, you know, what is shadow work? Well, your triggers are probably the, you know, biggest and most obvious form of shadow work. And if you don't allow them to come up, if you don't accept them, and this goes for all shadow aspects, even if it's like a money thing or a relationship thing, um then it can't dissolve. It can't actually heal. And this is something that a lot of people mistake when they get into spirituality or healing is that they, their ego, their sense of being separate feels like it can fix it. It feels like it can change it itself. Right. And, and this is a huge mistake because life takes care of life. Nature takes care of nature. If you get a cut, do you have to heal it? (laughs) You know, you don't heal your cuts life completely takes care of it for you. So it's the exact same thing in our inner world. We just have to stop, you know, getting our fingers in there. And I think that's a big trap a lot of people fall into when they get into this work is they think like, oh, I want to, 
heal. I want to, I want to change, right? I want to transform. But what happens when they do that is they end up getting too involved. They end up putting their hands in sort of the machinery of our minds and our bodies too much to where it can't just naturally heal on its own. So this may be a mind fuck, excuse my language to some of you, but you don't actually have to do the healing in your life. You're not the one doing the healing. The healing happens when you put your mind, body, and soul in a position for healing to happen. That's all, that's the only way it can happen. It's never going to happen by you like, I want to be healed. I don't want to be triggered, right? What does that sound like? You're just getting more triggered because you're not triggered or because you're not not triggered. <laughs> so you can see how letting it be is actually the best way to to go about it. Um, and, and I hope that helps. Yaz, this is something I've struggled with deeply is just knowing like, when the hell do I take my hands off? And when do I like put my hands on the wheel, right? Because you, I'm not saying to sit around all day and like your healing's just going to take place, right? Like you might have to put yourself in those triggering situations and actually be curious enough about that trigger in that situation to allow the healing within that situation to take place. So let's say you have a fear of social situations. You're not going to, you're not going to heal that fear by sitting at home, right? Practicing affirmations and stuff like this. You're going to heal it by going into social situations, embracing and loving all the shit that you know is going to come up. You're not going to fight it. You're not going to avoid it, right? You're going to walk into this social situation. You're going to be terrified, but you're going to love it. You're doing it from an explorative point of view, right? And this is the pursuit of spirit. This is this podcast. This is what we're doing with this work is we're taking a curious stance on life and all the aspects of life that we have to deal with as humans. So, when it comes to our triggers, it's the exact same way. You may have to put yourself in that social situation, but what will happen if you just get yourself there is that the healing will take place naturally because maybe now you're more evolved. You have more tools within you, more resources within you, your life. You know, you have a better perspective. So now in these social situations where you used to be terrified, you're actually surprised at like how good you feel. And this has been a direct like experience for me. I, I struggled with this. I wouldn't say a lot, you know, I was active in sports and I had friends and stuff, but I wasn't particularly extroverted. And so in social situations, you know, I would get anxious, I'd get anxiety. And I thought that was something I had to like dig in and heal by like meditating or like sitting down. Um, and that wasn't the case. The only way that that got healed, which it did get healed. It's possible. I don't get anxious like at all now ever, even if it's like a completely random place, people I don't know, it's fine. The way that got healed was by going out into social situations, um, like with my brother and with friends. So with people I was comfortable with, but I actually allowed myself to get 
scared and anxious and feel those things um, just so I could investigate them within the context of that social situation, but also to sort of prove to my mind or to almost like show my own inner child, like to hold his hand and be like, look, we're okay, Vic. Like we're good. You know, your brother's here, your friends are here. Like we're good. Everyone's laughing. Look, we're good. And you know, when I got home that night, I said the same thing. I was like, look, it worked out great. Um, and it did. And so I, I kept doing that multiple times um, over the past probably like four or five years. High school, I was more anxious, but now I've been out of high school for like four years and it's it's basically healed within that four years. So I went from completely anxious and getting triggered in social situations to honestly, I don't even know how. I, I literally feel like unbelievably confident in social situations now. It's on. It's weird. It's honestly weird. But it did get solved more than I could have ever known. And it wasn't by me like forcing anything, right? I wasn't like at this social situation, um, like telling myself like, you got to heal. You can't be feeling these things. You can't be like feeling these things. Like, no, that, that would have made it 20 times worse because then I would have felt guilt and shame over being triggered. But as soon as I accepted and loved the triggers, I didn't feel guilt or shame for the triggers. I was like, you know what? I can actually be anxious and still have fun simultaneously. And I think that that fun, allowing the fun in there, the joy in there, the light in there actually healed it. So I hope that makes sense, Yaz. Um, and, and this is a huge thing really in any, any other area where you have shadow work or you have spiritual work, right? is to simply put yourself, like I said, in the position to where the healing can naturally occur. So you got to remind yourself, I'm not the one doing the healing. The healing is a natural byproduct of being, of connecting to source. And when I do that, it allows, you know, said thing to heal on its own. Now, everything's different. You might have to do what I did and go to a social situation to like embrace those feelings, you know, but maybe it's different. Maybe it's a relationship for you. Maybe it's like a money thing, right? Maybe you're afraid to scare, uh, to spend money. You're scared to spend money, right? I know some people who are terrified of spending money. Um, and maybe you can like actually face that and go buy yourself something and see why you're afraid of spending money. Is it because of some, something you're, parents taught you growing up where they said, you know, you weren't worth a new shirt. You weren't worth new shoes to them. So they never bought you it. And now you never buy it for yourself because you feel like you're not worth it. You know, it could be something like that. You got to be creative. <laughs> There's no rules to how your mind can get triggered. It can literally be that it can literally be you're afraid to spend money on a shirt for yourself. So whatever it is, put yourself in that situation and then watch, observe, because the observing and the and the watching is almost like opening the door for the natural healing to occur. And once that happens, once you watch and observe, I mean, then, you know, the, the doors are open. The healing can occur. That doesn't mean it will occur at that exact moment. And you won't have to like work on it, you know, later in your life. That's actually never the case. It almost always comes back up. But that observing, that watching opens the doors for the healing to occur.
So great question, Yaz from Instagram. Thank you so much. And uh, I hope that helps. So yeah, wow, awesome. You guys have asked great, great questions so far. I'm really excited to see how this episode turned out now because this is turning out better than I could have imagined. And I just want to remind you, um, whether you're listening or watching, to to ask your question. I would love to answer it on this podcast. I think that's the route I want to go. And I don't think I said this in the beginning, but I'm not personally interested in like being a host and like having guests on and like asking them questions and stuff. Like I'm not interested in that. So if you thought that's what this podcast was, I'm sorry. That's not what this podcast is at all. It's going to be a chill me and you vibe where we're just talking, we're just chatting. Um, and, and that's not to say I'm, I'm against people coming on totally. I'm, I'm sure that that will happen in the future. But this is going to be the default for, for every episode. So if you want to send questions, definitely do that. I'm going to need a bunch more for each episode. And I want to answer around three three questions and, and keep the episodes to around like under an hour, ideally. But yeah, send me your questions. Um, you can send them to me at um, Pursuit of Spirit on Instagram or send them to pursuit of spirit at gmail.com. You also can reply on YouTube if you're watching or wherever you're listening at. If there's a comment uh, section, you can can ask there and I'll, I'll throw it in. So uh, do that. Um, but with that being said, let's get to our last question. And I know that this is an important one. Uh, the person who asked this question requested to remain totally anonymous. So I'm not going to give away too much here, but this is a very, very profound question I want all of us to to go into. So he says, Hi, Victor. I am a follower of yours and have been listening to your mini talks via Instagram. I came across your IG posts about creating a podcast, YouTube series that will feature your followers' questions. So I'm trying my luck here and I hope I'll stay anonymous should I be chosen. You will, I promise. So they say, I am from the Philippines, a country where LGBTQIA plus community has yet to be accepted openly, perhaps because the Philippines is a Catholic country. Growing up and until now, I have always been a Roman Catholic at heart, observing the Catholic traditions and rituals. I am very open to new perspectives in life without compromising my values and beliefs. Early this Pride Month and before my birthday, I just came out as gay, asexual to some of my closest friends, and they have no problem with that. My friends have been curious as to why I'm asexual, pointing out that maybe my religion spirituality keeps holding me back from doing things society considers morally wrong, such as sexual desires and the like. I would definitely agree with that. I went to Catholic school um, and this is just me talking now for those of you listening. I went to Catholic school until fourth grade and the amount of repression that occurred, not only to me, but to every other student in that school is ridiculous. Like those schools now I'm looking back are basically run like cults. Like they made us go to church in the middle of school on Wednesdays in these Catholic schools. 
Um, and, and that was like, we were just brainwashed like crazy, which is honestly amazing. <laughs> I turned out the way I did might've been because my mom was an atheist and my dad was hardcore Catholic. Um, but I definitely relate to your question here. Um, so we'll continue on. So they say, honestly, it keeps me wondering that maybe they're right. If I have not been this religious, I may give in to these desires. I am certain that I am attracted to guys, but having no sexual desires creates a dilemma for me. I don't care what my religious community tells me about homosexuality. What is important for me is that I am connected and faithful to someone above, but I'm afraid things will turn out bad when I start to feel sexual desires for same sex. I'm still figuring things out, but I hope you can share some of your thoughts on how to strike a balance between maintaining your spirituality and enjoying the gift of sexuality. More power to you, Victor. Thanks. Wow. Powerful question. I first want to say that I empathize with you growing up in a super strict Catholic vibe. Although I'm not sure if it's comparable to the Philippines. I have no idea, you know, really how bad it is there. But I can already tell you right now that <laughs> Look, every hardcore fundam fundamentalist religious person makes the mistake that God is a judging, punishing God. And this could be further from the truth. So basically why this God is, is taught... Um, by most like Catholic priests and why it's displayed in the way it is, this imaginary God in the clouds, is for control. So it, it, ba it basically was the best way to control and manipulate the minds of people, you know, thousands, a thousand years ago, 2000 years ago. That's why they killed Jesus, right? Because he, he basically said, hey, God loves all of us, regardless of what you've done, and they killed him. So as hard as it may be to accept for you, or maybe not, maybe you've known this your whole life, but almost everyone who partakes in that church semi-seriously has been brainwashed. Now, it's not necessarily their fault because they were just, you know, like me or like you, they were put into a school by their parents who were also put into a school by their parents. So they've, they've all basically have this biased view Um their whole life that God is a judging, punishing, right? God that doesn't like gays, right? <laughs> He's going to send you to hell. No. Um, that couldn't be further from the truth, like I said. And you're not going to convince them of that because to them, that would be like the opposite. That would be like the devil, right? They'd call you Satan. And that's what the devil does. The devil calls God Satan, and Satan God. It flips it on its head. So religious fundamentalists and even spiritual teachers um, will accuse someone else of not being godlike, but that's exactly what the ego loves to do is hide behind that costume of being godlike so they can say to someone else, you're not like the actual thing. So Within the Catholic Church, that's how it's going to be. And sadly, you know, your parents aren't going to like 
just magically wake up one morning, like literally wake up one morning, but also wake up like awakening spiritually, it's probably not going to happen and I wouldn't bet on it. So my best advice for you is to acknowledge that you can't change them, right? You can't change your country. You can't change how they see things. You can't force them to awaken. But you can find God within you. You can find love within you. You can recognize how insanely loved you are, even if you want to do crazy sexual things with guys. That's totally okay. You're still loved. I still love you. Many, 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 many people still love you, but it's not about us that love you, right? Because we're just aspects of God, of yourself. What's important is you discover that love directly. Make contact with that love directly. If you can do that, I think you'll see and have compassion even for your family members and everyone who's been brainwashed by the Catholic Church. And like we said in the beginning of the episode, maybe you'll get to a point to where you can even see the good in it. You can see the good in how they're actually, they, they love you, but it's so partial, it's so biased, it's so conditional that that's why they treat you like shit when you don't do what you like. Is that they love you, but it's in, it's in a partial way, right? So it's not unconditional love. So there is no better move you can make than unconditionally loving the people that conditionally love you. There's nothing more powerful. And um, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying that I necessarily have all the answers. But I know that a key in what you're looking for is to feel good and to feel free and to feel okay with who you are as a person and the fact that you have sexual desires for men. That is something that, although people around you may not agree with, you can come within yourself to see like, holy shit, this actually is okay because I wouldn't be having these desires if it wasn't, right? Um, and, and a lot of what the Catholic Church doesn't realize is that actually by suppressing sex so much, it makes it like 30 times worse, right? This, this is why the, the priests rape little boys. <laughs> like, it's so obvious. It's like, yeah, no wonder they're going to rape kids when they can't have sex for like 40 years. So it's obvious. My best advice to you is to to don't don't send this to the shadows. Don't ignore this. Don't go back to your daily life. You know, don't don't shove it under the sheets and and kind of look away because that will make your your desire for men or or your sexual desires or whatever that desire is, that'll make it more distorted and more twisted because now there's shame on top of it. Now there's guilt on top of it. So it's not about the desire. It's about the perspective you were brainwashed with and everyone else around you was brainwashed with that tells you your desire is bad. It's not the desire. It's your perspective. You shift your perspective. You find God. You contact that love. You'll see, oh my gosh, it's not the desire. Of course it's not the desire. Of course it's not the desire. It was how I was looking at it. 
It's how everyone around me is looking at it. So I just thought that's what it actually was, right? But that's not the case. Just because everyone's saying that's what it was doesn't mean that's actually what it is for me. So that's my advice. I really don't want you to feel um, like you can't be yourself. I don't want you to feel like you have to shove that desire away because I know when you do that, it gets worse. So my advice is safely explore your desires. Dive headfirst into them. If that's what you feel des- like you desire, follow that. Allow it to come up just like we were talking about in the beginning of this episode. Um, and and do do that wisely, you know. Am I saying to bring home um, two boyfriends to your parents and be like, fuck you guys, fuck Catholic, you know, screw you, I'm going to be me, you know. You can do that. I've done that. I went through that phase, but it makes things worse because ultimately you will have compassion for your mom and dad, even when they're on, um, especially when they're on their deathbed, even though they may have told you your whole life that you can't be gay. You'll still love them. Why? Because that's the power of the human spirit. So be wise, be smart, know that you will not have, you know, the rest of your life with your parents. They will go one day, so so put that in its proper place. But if you need to move out of your house, if you need to leave, if you need to come to America, you know, if you need to do whatever you need to do to be yourself, do that, but in the wisest, most loving and compassionate way possible. Does that make sense? So... I hope that helps. I don't really have much to say. That that that's really such a deep and you know profound question. I I was raised in the Catholic thing, but I didn't have to worry about that sort of aspect of it, the sexuality, because I'm straight. So, in the Catholic God's eyes, I'm holy, right? But you're not bullshit. We're both brothers. We both deserve the same amount of love for being. And, and you do deserve that love. And it's just a matter of if you see that or not, not if anyone else sees it. Um, now, of course, it does matter who you surround yourself with. And that's why I said if you need to move or like go somewhere else, do that if you can in a wise and compassionate way. But at the end of the day, it, it's you. Like you can actually awaken and directly contact God. Maybe not as as a separate guy in the clouds you're talking to, but maybe through love, through a feeling, through an intuition that you're like, yes, this is me. And I accept and love that. So let's end it there, y'all. I feel like, (laughs) y'all, I feel like that was a great spot to end. Thank you so, so much for your questions. Honestly, this went better than I ever could have imagined. I'm so excited to post this. Like, so excited. And I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I may have the next episode release on Monday instead of Fridays because I work um, during the weeks. And it, it, it's a little weird recording the episode during the work week. So maybe I'll do it on the weekends and then we can all start our weeks with a new podcast episode. Uh, let me know what you think about that. Just any ideas you have. Also, any thoughts you have in general about the podcast, I would love to hear. But more so, I would just love to have you guys ask more questions, just like the ones today. Um, You can even put in the questions that you don't want me to say your name at all. 
um, so you remain anonymous. And if not, I'll probably just say your first name, um, where it came from, and, and then read your question without revealing anything intimately. So if you guys want to do that, I would freaking love you. And with that being said, thank you for watching and tuning into the Pursuit of Spirit podcast, episode number one. I'll see you in the next one. Peace.